Welcome, my chingers, to episode 109 of This Week in K-Pop. In this episode, we will talk about BTS, Dean, Gugudan, High 4, Oban, Subin, Taeyeon, and Twice. My name is Steven, and with me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Josh. Hello. Now, This Week in K-Pop is a discussion podcast that covers the last two weeks of K-Pop music video releases. In each episode, Josh and I will pick what we think is the best song of the episode. And you can find more episodes of our podcast on iTunes, the Google Play Store, and SoundCloud. The video version can sometimes be found on YouTube. Just search for This Week in K-Pop or just go to our website, thisweekinkpop.com. You know, I think you've been doing a really good job about putting the video ones up on YouTube these days. I, I just want to say shout out to you, Steven. Good job. Keeping on schedule. Uh, chuggity, I'm, chuggity, chuggity. I'm actually not on schedule. I'm still like two weeks behind. Yeah, but I mean, but they're, it's they're better. Coming they're coming out. Thank you. They're rolling out. I I'll, just want to say. I'll take it. You know, you, you, you shit on yourself a lot, but I just want to say good job, Steven. Good Thank you. job. Well, speaking of which, we have, we did do something new this week. We did. Um. You can go to our YouTube channel, and you have to go to our YouTube channel this week in K-pop to see it. But we did this kind of like, pretty much, it's a we recorded our conversation during dinner, and so you, it's kind of like a, a third a food vlog sort of deal, sort of, yeah, and a two thirds podcast, yeah. Um, but in in that episode, we talk about our feelings on Twice's Knock Knock, which we will kind of uh, go more in depth in this podcast. Yeah, because, I mean, that kind of video is something that uh, we we just do normally and we just kind of recorded it because I feel like we, you and I talk a lot about K-pop in general when we're eating. Yep. If you want to see some of the awesome, awesome looking food that we ate, I mean, we ate some uh, galbi, we ate some muksal, just a lot of meat. You know, I love, much meat. I love meat. You love meat, too. We all love meat here. Nuh-uh. Here at This Week in K-pop, yes. Maybe not in, in our uh, musical types, but we do love meat for you. Oh, I got it. Uh, you got it. We, we're there. Um, anyways, if this is your first time tuning in, sorry. Sorry for that sexual innuendo. Uh, it's been maybe two and a half weeks, right, since our last yeah. main episode. You went to Hawaii, Josh. Mm-hmm. How was, was Hawaii? So we recorded that one a little bit early. Uh, Hawaii was actually really, really nice. It was a really good vacation. Needed to recharge the batteries, and we're back. We are back. School's about to start. Well, yes. I mean, school technically started already. But, but classes, actual classes are about to start. And yeah, I'm definitely worried. We got new schools, mm-hmm. right? I got two new ones. You got two new ones? Yes, sir. It's about to get busy, which is a great time because for starting a new thing on YouTube. <laughs> well, you know what? I wish 2017 would start with some more good songs. Believe me. Believe that. But I want to talk about a song that I think is actually a really good song in 2017, not just... A good song for 2017. Uh, the first song that I'm going to talk about is Dean featuring Beck Yerin with their song Come Over. I'm not 
Technically, was released uh, during the time of our last podcast, but yeah. we missed, or I missed it, and the music video didn't come out for uh, quite a while after the MP3. But here it is, uh, Dean. It's my boy Dean and Fifteen Ann's uh, Peck Yedin. Fifteen Ann hasn't really done uh, stuff together in a long time, right? So anyway. Yeah, I don't know why. Like, yeah. I, maybe they just don't get along anymore. But it's been quite a long time since they've done anything significant. You know. Puck yeah. Min does her own thing. Peck Yedin does her own thing. Yeah. Uh, never together, though. Yeah. So this song is produced uh, by Dean. His producer name, of course, is Dean Fluenza. Um, and this guy, High Hopes, or it might be a group or a company. We're not sure. It's a classic Dean song. He sure had high hopes when he named himself Dean Fluenza. Hey. I don't know. Uh, mm. Because yeah. that you think you do call yourself mm. Dean Fluenza, you're gonna yeah. be like, Yo, I'm so sick. I'm I'm so sick like the flu, y'all. Yo, I'm gonna be Dean Fluenza, I'll be famous. You need to go to Rupert Rappington's school for rap hands there, Steven. Sorry, I, I, people, I'm not a graduate from Rupert Rappington. People who are listening to the audio version consider yourself lucky that you did not see the train wreck that was Steven's rap hands. But see, those rap hands, that's what I think of when I think Dean Fluenza. Like when I think of like mm. A 12-year-old kid who's like, yo, come in with my, my producer name, man. Yeah, I'm like, I'm sick. You know, you get it, guys? You get it? It's kind of like one of those like Yahoo emails that you're kind of ashamed yeah. of when you're an older adult. I mean, I, I have one. I just keep it around and I actually have a business one and a personal one. Do you have one too, Stephen? Like yeah, a, I mean, I still have my stupid... Well, I actually kind of like my yeah. my middle school username. So I'm not. that's not going to be my username if I was a producer or a rap artist. Of course, you know? of course. Um, yeah. Anyways, all names are stupid, but this one is especially stupid. Especially stupid. But this song, I think, is a really good R&B kind of, I wouldn't say a slow track. Um, you know, D is more of a slow track, but this kind of has a lot of percussion, but it's a little bit, if it didn't have that percussion in it that we really like, it, I think it would be kind of a slow song. I think it's it's more of a ballad song than... Like D is like more of an R and B, a slower R and B song, right? Yeah, th- I mean this song, it's not really a ballad per se. It's kind of, I mean, it's, I, I mean, it's definitely not like an OSD ballad, but I think, yeah, I mean D, because mm. that's a slow song, but that's not a slow ballad song. Like that's an R and B type, heavily stylized song, mm. and I think this one is way more basic of a song, production wise. I think. Uh, uh, his voice wise i think everything is just way more basic not saying it's a bad thing just more I, simple is what you're trying to get at yeah like like for me this is his version of a ballad with a beat like it's not him it's not like crush sitting at a piano making a boring boring ass song like mm. this song still has a lot of flavor in it it's just to me i, I just thought this was his version of a ballad oh, interesting more than an r&b song because i don't think it gets super r&b at all Except for the random part where Becky in comes in. in. I mean, I kind of agree. I, th- I think it's just 
we're trying to classify it too much. It's it's very Dean like, in my opinion. But I don't think it sounds like his other songs. His old though. stuff. It doesn't sound like his old stuff. But I mean, even his old stuff, it varies a lot from one song to the next song, though, to be fair. And he does collab with a lot of different artists. Like, you know, this song versus that song of Haze are like totally two different songs as well. Yeah. Yeah. But this song, it kind of has this weird funk th- <laughs> kind of sound um, to it that I really like. It comes in when like Bick Union starts to sing. And I think Dean did a good job kind of producing and making the parts for Pek Yerin sound really good, but the parts for himself, not really good. It's For me, it, he doesn't really seem like the main character of this song, even though it's his. Like Yer, Pek Yerin has all the, I guess, spicy parts, like um, the synth bass, like I, I mentioned. And there's some parts where he like cuts out the whole like backing track like to bare bones and she's just singing. And those, I think, are my favorite parts of the song. Because when he's singing, sometimes it gets just too noisy. Yeah, he's like layering. Not only is he layering the background backing track, but he's also layering in a, like a backing vocal track yeah. that he's trying to harmonize with himself. And it gets a little busy, I think. It's not even a harmony. He's like singing. A, a, he's singing something different. He's just kind of just sticking it in there, you know. So it's like a shitty harmony. It's like it's not even a harm. Like he's not. Even, I don't think he's even harmonizing with. I mean, like why else would name. he put in? It's just yeah. It's just really noisy. I could really do without that underlying kind of sing talking that he's doing. Like some people might not really pick up on it, but for me, I've listened to the song a good amount. Like I heard it a lot uh, in Hawaii, and I've been listening to it since I came back. But I really could do without that part. I think the song would be much better if it didn't have it. Still, we're in 2017, and this is your favorite song of the uh, episode. Yeah, and uh, it, it's probably one of my it's probably one of my favorite songs of 2017. But it, compared to other Dean songs, where where do you uh, like rank this kind of uh, middle of the road? Middle, middle of the road. Yeah. What what would be bottom? Bottom, um, like Bermuda Triangle. I, I mean, I know that's not technically. Yeah, his song. most most of the songs of his that are not technically his, are kind of bottom of the tri- barrel. But if you're talking about songs that only he, or that he's the main kind of singer. Because um, you really like Dean's songs. I expected you to say this is one of your least favorite Dean songs, even yeah. though you do like it a lot. It is. Um, it is actually one of my, it, it's it's average at best. I should rephrase that. Average at best. If I had to rank them, it, it would be a little bit, I guess, below average now that I'm trying to go through his discography in my mind. Because you really like all the other Dean songs. Yeah, I like maybe 80% of his songs. So, I mean, I also do like this song. Uh, I I remember hearing it at first, and especially the song starts with like a 20 to 30 seconds of like this weird build-up-y thing, and then the Iron Forge noises start coming in where it's like... Yeah, and it's, it's like someone is hitting like an anvil sound in it, and... I'm like, this is kind of boring. Like, it's just Dean again. And it wasn't until the chorus kind of hits that I'm like, okay, th- this song is much better than I expected it to be. Because mm-hmm. uh, I really did hear maybe the first 30 seconds and was like, I don't want it. I'm done with this. I mean, fair. It's not. The first like, kind of few seconds, it does sound like, you know, the sound in some documentaries where they're, they're trying to make it like all whimsical or kind of like, you know what I'm saying? I do not. Anyways, some people do, but you know Steven what's funny, not. Josh? 
on a side note, What's like that? while we were preparing for this podcast, we were like on the same page for so many things. We were like fi- finishing each other's sentences. Right. We were like thinking the exact same thing at the exact same time. Right. And that is not happening in this podcast it right now. It is not. We are it like is not. completely all over the place. We, we used it all up. We used up all the we synergy. Shouldn't we shouldn't have. Um, but anyways, that was your favorite song of the yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, I still think it's, it's it's a good song. I don't think it's... I still prefer like Dean and Hayes' Way, Way, Way More. Oh, yeah. Those um, songs were, I think, much better. But for 2017... Hey. A Pudas. A Um Now on to my favorite song of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, you picked a R&B guy, of course. Of course. And, of course, I picked a girl group because hey. uh, that's how we do. How we do. How we do. How we do. Uh, except last episode, yeah, I do want to take a moment and say that that NCT Dream song that you really liked yeah. has grown a shit ton. I knew it's it. It's grown a shit ton. I knew it would have. Um, I, I do enjoy that song. And I still really like that B.I.G. song. So I, I, I feel like I've liked more guy songs than girl songs this year. Um, anyways, that's all to say that I picked Goo Goo Don's new song. Oh, my God. Shocker. Uh, their new song is called A Girl Like Me. Gugudan, of course, the group with IOIs, uh, Nina and God Sejong, which and other girls has also another uh, girl from Produce that I always thought was really cute, Nayeon, who has the same name as the other IOI Nayeon. Um, anyways, first song, we both agreed it was oddly catchy but a terrible song, right? Yes, it was like really bad, but it still kind of got in your brain hole if you let it. Uh, what was that a song called? One Wonderland, Wonderland maybe? I yeah, think. Wonderland. And we were wor- worried because we were like, are they going to s- still keep with this like weird, super kitty, like Saturday morning cartoon? Like style? fairy tale kind of style. Yeah. Or are they going to modernize it a little bit? And thankfully, they modernized it quite a bit. Thank God. Uh, this song was produced by someone named Chowol, but I don't know who that is. I don't, I've never Cho, seen Cho, that name. Chowul. Chowul? Yeah. Either way, not somebody I know of. And whoever this guy is, he's been listening to quite a lot of Pussycat Dolls because good googly moogly, the chorus is so, so similar to the chorus of uh, Pussycat Dolls, don't you? And once you hear it, okay, it's you can't Game over. It. Game over. It, it is so 
like it's of course it's slightly different. It's not it like what a man where it's a sample, like a one hundred percent sample. Yeah, it's slightly different, but I cannot hear this song and not just sing in my head. Like, don't you wish your girlfriend was hot like me? Woo! They even have a woo in the same place. Yeah, it was funny. Like this is we talked about earlier how Steve and I were on the same page, and I was like, "Yo, Steven, this song sounds like a song from a girl group like a couple of years back, like maybe five to ten years ago." And he's like, "Got you," and he just started looking up, and boom, he found it. I got, found it. I got it. Got it. Which is weird again for me to do that. Yeah. Because it's me and I'm an idiot. Um, hmm. But the, the, <laughs> yeah, the reason I, I like this song and I like songs similar to this is it's got this driving beat throughout the song um, from beginning to end. I don't think the overall catchiness, catchiness of this song is there. It's, it's not like a TT. It's not like a very, 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 mm. it's not like a whistle or anything. It's not, it doesn't have the same amount of catchiness, but it has this through line that most girl group songs in general just do not have. Like a lot of girl group songs, the core, uh, the verses are just build up to the chorus. Mm. And usually it's kind of boring. And that's why I like old school Brace style and boopity boops. Cause it adds some flavor during the, the track to kind of carry you along. Yeah. And this one has this beat that is just from the first, you know, from the beginning, it's, I, I, I want to get out of my chair and just kind of move my body. I just want to move my body with it. You know, don't you want to dance? Don't, don't you want a girl that's a freak like me? But anyways, yeah, I kind of, I kind of get where you're coming at. I, I think you like the song more than me. That's for sure. But it's, it's strange because for Gugudan after the first release, I didn't have very high hopes. And this song, of course, exceeded my expectations. Of course, um, and we were talking before we didn't write it down, but you're saying that you like kind of songs that have this driving beat. And we were talking about that one. Oh, my girl song. And at first I didn't really get what you're, you're, you meant by it when you wrote that, but I think I get it now, but yeah, I, I really agree. This song does kind of make you want to get up and move around and it's just a really active song, but it is, it is missing that catchy catchiness that kind of gets it stuck in your head. Like the chorus is a little catchy. Yeah. It's catchy uh, rhythmic, rhythmically and not necessarily with the words because uh, at least for a foreigner like me and, and not, you know, an idiot like me, I really like choruses where it's in English so that I can sing along with it, right? Rhythmic, um, not melodically catchy. Yeah. Or, you know, something like we bottom. Like that's an easy three word thing that I can copy, right? This song has a lot of words, you know, but like that part is still catching to me. And I know it's part of the 2K17 kind of deal where we're, we, our expectations are lowered. And I know it's also because of Gugudon's first song that my expectations are lowered. But I, I really do think that this song exceeded my expectations by a lot. And that's yeah. why it's my favorite song of the episode. Yeah. And another good thing, the rap part of this song, very short. Yeah. Hey. Even though two people go, it's like the shortest two people rap ever. Yeah. Which is great. It's not not a great rap. Still not great. Not as good as like Mina in Very, Very, no, Very. Yeah, no, 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 But at least it's short. Although I, w- I will say, uh, as you pointed out, like mm-hmm. Sejong has this kind of high note in the song. And uh, I didn't think it was that, that great. Yeah. It, the way I would describe it is that if you're trying to have like a high note and you walk into a room, it's like someone walking into a room and saying, hey, 
rather than saying like, oh, hey, is anybody in here? It's like not a not very booming. It doesn't really fill up the space. It's just really short, succinct, and le- it's really lacking, I think. Yeah. And we know Sejong can sing. We've heard her sing before, but I really think they could have like, you know, done a few more takes of this high note. When they cut it so short, I don't know if they cut it short because she couldn't hold it for very long or they cut it short because that's the way they designed it. Mm. But I think if they allowed her to go a little farther, like longer, maybe she could fill it, right? Yeah, just run run fit a little bit, you know? Yeah, it's hard to contain, you know? Even if you have the greatest voice in the world, if they're like, you have only this amount of time to do it, you, you might have trouble like letting the beast loose and then immediately caging it, right? So yeah. Give her some time, you know? Yeah, because for high notes, it's really kind of very peculiar, I think. Some high notes, they can run too long, right? Like, uh, all right, you know, you're looking at your wrist like, uh, speed it up, like, finish it off. And some, like, these are just way too short. They're just like, oh, was that even worth making a high note section for it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But either way, I enjoyed it. I was Mm -hmm. surprised. Better than... I, I was telling Josh, this is the best girl group song in 2017. And I could not refute him. And we got we had some big names, no games, this year already. So I could not refute him. Moving on. Um, so you picked a girl group. I'm going to go pick another R&B chink. Woo! And this is an R&B chingu that you've probably not heard of. Um, his na- We haven't heard of him for sure. Uh, his name is Ovan. Uh, this song is featuring Chancellor, and it's called Virgin Love. So his name is spelled O-V-A-N, but it's pronounced Benzino. <laughs> yeah, because this is a Benzino song through and through. I mean, whoever made the song, you know. Like, it's like you made, yeah, it's like Benzino ghost wrote it, you know. Uh, but it was produced by a guy named Dong Dong. Dong Dong. And Chancellor. Of course, Chancellor. Yes. Uh, R&B Chingu Chancellor. Love Chancellor. We love him. And 
I also think he's one of the best parts of the song, right, Josh? Yeah, because uh, we were listening to it and we were like, oh, this song's not bad. We we're kind of getting carried through it because it's a fun kind of light song. And then when Chancellor comes in to sing the hook, we're just like, yo, Chancellor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's one of those rap songs where it's lighthearted and mm-hmm. it's fun. And a lot of people said it's, I don't think it necessarily sounds like a Sonny song, but it's definitely in the Sonny wheelhouse as opposed to the Zico wheel, you know, the other side, the other rapping wheelhouse. Right? Yeah, I think Korean rap has very distinct styles, right? Like one is we're trying to, you know, be really, really hard. We're trying to seem really, really tough. And then there's this goofier kind of fun side that Sonny is really known for. And I think most rappers can kind of turn it on and turn it off because Benzino also kind of has some songs where he's like going a little bit tough, but Benzino also has songs. So, yeah, of course. Sadly. We, we we mention it all the time, you know, going hard Sonny or fun Sonny, right? Yeah. And f- hopefully we won't see this guy try too hard. He has another song that we didn't like necessarily, but... Yeah, I was about to say, we did see him go a little bit too hard. It was that other song that yeah. we did not like. Yeah, but yeah, Chancellor is great. The, there's a really nice guitar melody that goes through. It's very sing-songy, very Benzino style. I think I really like Benzino rap songs that are very kind of melodic. Yeah, it's like he's singing in rap, right? Yeah, there's a, a lot yeah. of ups and downs, and it's like he recognizes the song and he should match his vocal like pitch to 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 the song yeah this as opposed to other rappers that just do what the fuck they want yeah the style is totally different but it's very similar to like things that drake does in american music if you guys know uh, any of his songs you probably do but <laughs> drake who's that drake is that is that the guy from the disney channel um but with josh wait is that his name josh and drake I don't what know. is it something is it drake it? oh i don't know that was a little I'm a little too old for that. Yeah, I, I, same here. But I, but I, what, what I think makes this song really, really good is there's a lot of these little morsels in there that make it seem kind of like, I don't want to say Brave Sound style, but Brave Sound is, the reason we like Brave Sound is for these little things in it. And there's like claps in there and it's kind of, you know, like yas and things like that to kind of give it a little, little stuffing, you know, to make it seem not so empty. Yeah, because one of the things Korean rappers have a problem with, no matter what style that they're in, they have a problem with the song sounding too same-samey, right? Whether yeah. not, whether they're going hard or whether they're being cute, it doesn't matter. They Sometimes they don't break it up well enough. And I think this song does a, a good job with these tiny morsels, mm-hmm. with Chancellor singing, um, with the sing-songy nature of it, that it doesn't feel too long in the tooth. Yeah, um, agreed. And the music video is really cute. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like first love. I mean, it's called Virgin Love. It's, you know, Ovan with a cute girl acting yeah. cute with some kind of uh, digipetty uh, Sony music video flares in there, you know? Yeah. If I had to say something bad about the music video, though, they kind of intermix these like Sony kind of esque fun digipetty, like you said, very fun kind of scenes. If also these kind of two artsy fartsy to lovey dovey kind of ballady kind of shots and i'm not too much of a fan of that but otherwise it's a pretty good music video good song give it a shot i think this is his debut kind of run this song and another song but i hope he comes out with more stuff and i hope 
he also keeps pairing himself with a good singer. Although I don't know if there needs to be a world with two Bean Zenos. You know what I mean? You like, right. I, I do wonder because we heard the other song where he doesn't sound very Bean Zeno-y at all, right? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to look up the name. It's called Girl You Deserved It, which sounds a little ominous. A little bit pro- provocative. Yeah. It could be sexual. It could be wife beater. I, I don't really know. Uh, but girl, you deserved it. Or it could be like Jay Park, like like self, self-involved, self hey, right? Like, hey. I'm so fucking good in bed, girl. Anything Jay Park does is suggestive. That's true. That's true. He's getting the mail. Suggestive. Sex trip. Brushing his teeth. Sex trip. Oh, you're just going to go straight for sex trip. All right. Um, no, you said getting the mail. I said sex trip. Brushing his teeth. Sex Those trip. are all just sex trips. <laughs> yep. Every trip he, he makes is a sex trip. No matter how small, no matter how long. <laughs> you just call his dick smaller monk. Um, Jay Park. Jay Park's dick is probably like an entire sleeve of tattoos. That's, a, that's <laughs> it's probably a, just tattooed straight to the tip. Yeah, yeah, straight up, straight up. Um, anyways, uh, that, that's a good good time to mention Patreon. Good guys. leeway, good leeway, Stephen. Um, I want to thank everybody who donated uh, in February because this is the first episode we're recording mm. in March. And forty-one awesome chingus donated money to us on Patreon. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to the people that donated $25 or more. And of course, we have long, long, long time listeners and long time contributors, long time chingus, Makai T and Lauren C. Yeah. Um, but I also want to remind you guys, you know, if you're a long time listener, um, we do have our kind of Slack channel where you can talk to us and stuff. And all you got to do is uh, donate $2 or more. Uh, it used to be $5 or more. Mm-hmm. I don't think I told you this, Josh, you but I want to change it to $2 or more. I, and, I read it. And all the people that currently donate to $2 or more, uh, I'm going to send you an invite right after this podcast. Yeah. Uh, I just kind of was pooping and I, I made that decision because yeah. I want more people on Slack because I mean, less and less people are talking on Slack. So I want more and more people to get up in that. Right. Um, so if you sign up on patreon.com slash this week in K-pop, uh, we can get you in that Slack. Sounds good. All right, moving on to my next song. Uh, this is from a girl who's from a group that I don't think we've ever had anything good to say about them. I don't think we did. No, wait, that's not true. The, wait, is this the group that recently that recently is four people? Is that Hello Venus? No, that's not Hello Venus. No, I think it's. It's Dalshin. I think it's Dalshin. Right? I think so. Like uh, Kumta Wheel and. Yeah. Dalshin, right? It is. Is it? Yeah. I know what song you're talking about, but I'm not sure if it's Dalshin. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Josh um, and Steven don't do their research. It's, yeah. it's not true. We just are very forgetful. Yeah. Anyways, uh, this is from uh, Subin, who is from Dalshin, with her solo song, Circles Dream. <laughs> 나도 널 아프게 하고 싶다 뾰족하게 널 찔러서 아파서 뱅그르 부르게 하고 싶다 지금 나처럼 지금 나처럼 지금 나처럼 뱅그르 부르게 하고 싶다 잠깐만은 내게 말했지 난동그라서 좋다고 
Weird ass title. Weird ass title. It's a very indie title. And a, it's a very indie song. When you hear a, a, a girl's going to do a solo song from Dallas Jabet, I'm like, I don't know what that is. It's probably going to be a generic ass ballad. And I was very, very surprised when it wasn't a generic ass ballad. Yeah, because when you talk about indie, who do you think of, Steven? I mean, I don't think of anybody. But indie, indie female singer. As uh, Josh pointed out, and a lot of our Slack Shingos pointed out, this reminds them a lot of Lim Kim. Yes. Um, although I think Lim Kim's vocal style is very different. It's just her, I guess, type of music. Yeah. Because uh, she has a very distinct voice that oh, I don't yeah. think Subin's voice is like at all. No. But this song starts, this song starts super fucking slow. Super slow. Like we almost turned it off because we were just like, uh, I don't know if I can get through this. Right. I think we were too busy staring at her, <laughs> staring shoulders. at her shoulders. I, I, <laughs> I made the comment. I was like, yo, this girl must have some like confidence in them shoulders because it's just shoulder shot after shoulder shot after shoulder shot in the first like 30 seconds. And shoulder shots in Korea are pretty sexy. I mean, Ugh, girls don't show thing. off their shoulders that much in, in this side of the country. Yeah, I'll talk about Mina's shoulder later. Oh, you do? Oh, I thought you were talking about Mina, our friend Mina. I'm like, what? That, that bitch be showing shoulders on? No, I'm talking about twice, Mina. Yeah. Um, your, your, girl, your other girlfriend. Um, no. I wish. <laughs> no, not. Yeah, so Subin showed off some Mina. shoulder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's be clear. Let's make that clear. Not our friend. Yeah. <laughs> she's, her boyfriend would, you know, murder you. Nah, we're cool. Me and him are cool. Yeah, but if you were like all up in Mina's shoulder... He looks like he he looked like he'd fight you. Our listeners don't care. Anyway, um, that has nothing to do with K-pop. So the song starts <laughs> out really slow. Yeah. But uh, I've said it before in lots of other songs that I like, but I really like ballads, especially. I mean, they're one of the only songs that do this that just build. Mm. And this song is the quintessential quintessential building song. Like Every minute that goes by, there's another layer or she gets stronger mm. or there's another layer of boobity boops or, or something. But by the end of the song, it's almost like a totally different song. It feels like one of those songs that start off like, you know, sometimes when some person's just like clapping and that guy's like, all right, just keep clapping like that. And then he adds another layer and he's like, okay, say do, 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 do. Right. right it's like those people who record yeah, the whole yeah, song yeah, yeah. In, in with one instrument or by themselves. Yeah, it's exactly. It, this song really, really is reminiscent of those kind of songs. It's true. Like, because all of the like backing track, backing vocals is herself, you know, quote unquote. Yeah. And it really, it, that's a good, it's like she's looping in her own stuff. Mm -hmm. Like she'll make a ooh or like ooh and she'll loop that in in a certain time, right? Yeah. She'll do a little clap. It'll loop it in. Little ooh and loop it in and yeah and normally that's kind of gimmicky to be honest sometimes but like you said her voice is really good yeah and the song is like oddly soothing mm -hmm. and catchy for me especially during the chorus um and, and it's it's usually when it's a soothing song it's not catchy at all it's just soothing it's just it's like just laid back yeah I'm, I'm walking down the street or i'm Here chilling in, in my shop my bathtub naked right but you this song bad image also is soothing, but also I want to kind of sing to it. And I think huh. that's a dichotomy that I find really interesting. Mm. I'm not entirely sure if I'll be listening to it three months from now. It might yeah. get like the uh, newness of it or the surprisingness of it might uh, fade, you know? Yeah. But I, 
I was really surprised by it. I, I thought it, it's a it, it's a great song. Yeah. Um, and I think anybody uh, listening should give it a chance and mm. and make sure you listen to it. Give it a chance. I like the whole thing. At yeah. Least once. Because you might you might get thrown off, like we said earlier. This is, f- you know, a member of Dal Shabet, and Dal Shabet makes totally different music than this. So, um, you know, just kind of divorce your thoughts from like Dal Shabet and just give it a shot. Yeah, I mean, not not even that. I just meant is just start slow. Like, mm. like w- I think there's plenty of people that think Dal Shabet, they think good things, right? Uh, not us. I <laughs> yeah, uh, I just mean that uh, it just starts really slow and really basic, and you might be like, why? Yeah, why this song? And also, we were talking about the music video earlier, and the music video also kind of starts that way. I think the music video and the song kind of are very uh, well-matched. Because the music video also starts really, really slow with these like weird shots, and then they start doing some like kind of awkward things, and but then you're just like, oh, actually, it's kind of a not not bad music video. Yeah, it starts very generic. I'm just staring into the camera, like mm-hmm. here's my shoulder, here's some my shoulder again, shots. and you're just like, oh, it's one of these. You like this clavicle, baby? <laughs> oh, she loved that clavicle. Um, she needs but, to eat a sandwich. Her shoulders are way too skinny. But then she starts to like just this goofy like. Hand a uh, finger like rotation move that looks really so, awkward. It's so weird. But it that fu- that thing matches the song so well. Yeah, it's it just, really weird. It's just it does. Yeah. Also, no stupid ass uh, uh beauty filters. Like mm. I think the the video has a really good use of color. It's very basic. It's not something magical, but she's wearing a, a red dress for a lot of it, mm-hmm. and the red dress pops really, really, really well. Yeah, um, it's a very vibrant red. Yeah, and, and the it's like very tropical background, and I think it just the color in the the video makes it look really HD, which Aww. is weird to me that I need to say this in 2017 where we have fucking 4K uh, uh, television screens. But why do K-pop videos still insist on putting that janky ass <laughs> haze filter? I just never understand. Be- because it makes things look deep. Ugh, ugh. You know it's weird, Stephen. I didn't realize this until now, but we're, it's just been going like guy, girl, guy, girl, guy, girl. And I'm choosing all the guys, actually. Um, that's usually how it goes, John. Is it? Because <laughs> you choose the guys and I choose the girls. Is it? Is it true? Well, continuing with that trend, I'm just going to choose another guy group or a guy. Uh, it's High 4 with their song Love Line. Like this. 
Love line. High four, they're all back together again. Not a subunit. They had like subunit stuff. Um, High 420, terrible name, by the way. Uh, the last song was like Hukka. Not a great song, also. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it was all right. But High Four kind of going through some stuff, right? Yeah, their leader, uh, what is it, Sungu? Sungu. Sungu. Um, he re- he re- requested to leave. He didn't actually leave yet. Put in his two weeks. Yeah, so we don't know if that's all going down, but it, it did say that it hasn't been decided yet. But yeah. I think on Wikipedia, it did list him as former member. So maybe the news article we, we saw wasn't the final one. Yeah, maybe it wasn't up to date. Which sucks, because if you're a longtime listener on a podcast, you know how excited we were two years ago for High 4. Yeah. And they released maybe two or three songs that we enjoyed a lot. I mean, the first song with IU is like a gangbuster song. Gang is in Korea as well. Yeah, really good. And and I think that hurt them a lot because... Set the bar never, too high. Yeah, they could never match that bar ever again. Yeah, because when you kind of feature IU, you kind of run into some trouble sometimes. Like IU and it's a spring song, so... Yeah, and then they tried like... To- different concepts and different mm. styles like some super pop some super high 420 you know some super uh r&b and we always like them for their pop kind of r&b style mm-hmm. and i think this song was kind of uh going back to that because the group dichotomy if you guys don't know very much about high four uh they have two rappers and two singers and so the thing that we like about this song um is that it mixes the rapping and the singing kind of intermittently so you don't really get too much of one thing right it, it's like mixing like you know sweet and sour you know you you eat a little bit of salty or no salty and sweet you eat a little bit not sweet and sour you eat a little bit of salty and you're like oh you eat some sweet and then back to salty right they they don't let one thing go on for too long right like while a normal boy group is very distinct and they're like guy part rapping part singing part you know rapping part singing part even Groups like BTS that have great singers and great rappers, they don't they still have distinct parts where one goes and another goes. But High Four always does a good job of like it's like even though there are four people, it's like the singers and the rappers are having a duet. And like the duet where we like, where it's they play off of each other, they they flow in and out of each other. Um, that's the shit that we like. And the reason why we liked High Four in the first place was because they did that pretty much in every song. And their singers are surprisingly really great singers. Although mm-hmm. I don't think this song particularly shows that off. No. But if you go back to some of the older songs, like there's like the Lim Kim one we just heard again. Yeah. Of of course, the one with IU, like the singers are really good. And then some of the other songs, their rappers are surprisingly good. Yeah. Uh, High 420 is not an example of that. But uh, it, it's a little sad because you know how I hate it if, if they only have three members and they're called high four, like that can't happen. Yeah. Like, so I'm really sad. I'm really sad to see um, like a pocket pick of ours because I feel Stephen and I are not majority. Um, sure. Right. A lot of people disagree with us and Korean public especially disagrees with us a lot of the time. And it's just kind of sad to see a group that you you know, have liked since their debut, kind of go through this suckiness, you know? Yeah. And the leader, I mean, he was the rapper well. that yeah. I recognize as the one that I seem to enjoy the most. And so it's like, man, then your whole duet thing is off balance if you have two singers and one rapper, right? 
And plus, your leader is leading, too. That's true. He's trying I mean, to, your leader's trying to lead. Leader yeah. in Korean K-pop groups don't actually, I think, mean that much. It just means you're the oldest. Congratulations. You're the leader, bro. M- maybe in older times, it had more weight, but these days, maybe not so much. Yeah, it's like... I, I, I would actually argue that. I think choosing the leader is very arbitrary, but I think a leader's job is much more difficult in like K-pop versus another well, see, kind of group setting. I think it's the opposite because I think the leader in K-pop is just a title. Like they I do what they normally would do as the oldest. While I think when I think a mm. leader of something, I think I'm thinking of the person who brings the song together, who maybe probably writes the song, who probably is in control of like, I think G-Dragon is a good leader, even though I don't, I don't know if he's the actual leader of Big Bang, like age-wise. Like he's, no, he's the person, the right? But he's the person to me that, like, in my head, brings the group together. Maybe because he's the producer. I don't know. Uh, I think you're arguing like good leader versus bad leader, or where I'm saying the K-pop leaders in general have like a lot of responsibility. They're, ex- I think, they're expected to do that or expected to kind of do what you're saying. So what what I'm saying is just because you're the oldest and you have the leader title to me that, that that's not a leader. You're just like, you're the mom, right? Like I, I guess maybe the, your mom is the leader, but for me, it's like when I hear leader, it's the person that I, I uh, maybe I'm thinking too much of like a Western style where they actually produce their own music um, or they have more in charge of their own music. Yeah. Because G dragon is not, not a good case, I think, for the you know typical kind of K-pop leader because Big Bang as a group is kind of a weird group in itself, you know. Like I, I just don't. Maybe it's because I, I haven't really liked a group in a while, and I don't watch a lot of sh- uh, variety shows or something. I just don't. In, I just don't really think the leaders of a K-pop group actually do that much, like leading. Like what, what do they really do that I just don't understand? I think. I think maybe we're trying to argue two different things. I'm arguing that the leader does have like an important role and they have a lot of pressure involved. Well, that's what I'm asking. Like, what do they do? What do they do that makes them the leader other than they're just the oldest and because, and they, they're called the leader. That's what I'm asking you. I think even though they don't actually do a lot is they catch a lot of like, you know, the, the kind of, heat when their group is like not doing well or when you know members are slacking off kind of a deal because it is like an asian kind of hierarchy right so that's what i'm saying like i think it's just a title like they just give it to the oldest member whether whether or not that person actually is a leader properly leading or not yeah in battle right i mean do you really think like like who's the leader in Girls' Generation. Uh, Taeyeon. Like, you know, you've seen a lot of Girls' Generation stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like, does she really, like, lead? She's, I think, okay, I'm going to catch a lot of flack for this. She is not a good personality for a leader, but she does get a lot of the... Is she the the oldest? Yeah, she's the oldest. Well, SM always chooses the oldest as a leader, right? So, Mm. I mean, and also, like, Red Velvet, Irene is not, I think a good personality for a leader as well. What I'm saying is they have a lot of responsibility to do those things, even if they're not good at those things. So like, even though, so it like, 
if Taeyeon wasn't the oldest, somebody else would do those responsibilities. But because she's the oldest, she has to do those even though she's not good at it. Yeah. And that in itself is a burden because she wouldn't be leader. Style. It's right? Asian style. She wouldn't be leader if she wasn't oldest. Therefore, she has to be leader. Yeah. So I th- so him leaving... Okay, bringing it back full circle. I think Sungu leaving a high f- towards 420 may not actually mean a lot in terms of like actual leadership. Like, I don't know how much he's actually leading the group, but in in kind of like a, just viewing it from a whole perspective, like your leader asks, requesting to leave means, I think that's a huge deal. Okay. I, I think to round it out, I think the reason we tangented was because I think it's a big deal that he's leaving. I just don't right. think it's a big deal just because he's leader. He could have been mm, the fourth. Okay. He could have okay. been the fourth person, and I still think it would have been an equal big deal because he had his share of responsibilities. And and in my in my head, I could be totally wrong since I don't follow a lot of uh, in depth K pop stuff. But I just don't think the leader actually is like the emotional core, you know, yeah. of, of a group like a normal. Group I I can I can totally be. get behind what you're saying. I'm just saying, when you look at it right, and when you don't know anything. Like who's actually leading the group? Who's actually like the support? I, to say I, that your leader is saying your leader is saying I want to leave is I think really big issue. Right. That's why for me, like a G because like I can't imagine Big Bang if G Dragon wasn't there. Right? right. To me, that's like oh man, they're the they're yeah. maybe that's not even leader. Maybe that's just their producer. Right. So. Maybe I just don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I think we're just arguing two different things, but we kind of agree, which we I think we do pretty often. But long story short, high four, great song though. Sad to hear that your leader is leaving. Yeah, and um, I wonder what's in store. Well, he's trying to leave. He's not. He's trying. They're not letting him. He's leave. trying. He's like, he's trying. please, please accept my resignation. Well, speaking of you, you know, before high four, you were like, you always have the boys. Mm-hmm. I always have the girls. Part of that actually is due to the fact that I always lose. Uh, rock paper scissors, mm-hmm. which I did lose again uh, this episode. But uh, because I probably would have picked um, Ovan uh, if I couldn't, I wouldn't have picked Dean, but I probably would have picked Ovan. Mm-hmm. And I picked a boy group for my uh, last one here. Not all girl groups, eh, Stephen? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> eh? yeah. Not today. Not today. Um, now, well, oh, what's the last song? It's by a little group called BTS with their song, Not today.
not today, Stephen. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. This song really should be in Big Name No Games. We should have talked about five songs instead of six. Yeah, we couldn't find a sixth song that was better than this one. Um, so yeah. this is it. So that, that is to say, though, that uh, a couple episodes ago, we talked about BTS's uh, Spring Day, right? Yeah. And we said that overall, it's not a bad song. Like, it's, right. a, it's a decent song. And I actually enjoy it a lot more now, much like NCT's Dreams, uh, much more now than at the time. Yeah. But compared to BTS's past discography... Yes. It was a little lackluster. Yeah. And I think I can just copy and paste everything we said about that to not today. Yeah. And to be fair, uh, BTS, when you chose this song, we did like parts of it. But when we started writing the comments out and what we wanted to say, we're like, oh, this is all bad stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should change it. And we, and we went through again and tried to find a song that we like better and we couldn't. Yeah. So, uh, so similarly to Gugudan's song, so Gugudan's song sounded a lot like uh, Don't Ya. BTS's song sounds a lot like LMFAO's Shots. I cannot hear this song anymore without hearing dun, 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 But to be fair, this song sounds like a lot of songs. It does. Yeah. It sounds like LMFAO's Shots. What else does it sound like, Steven? It sounds like... A BAP song. Yeah, that's my jam. Yeah. Uh, like, it really, if I, and I did hear this song in the convenience store without knowing it was BTS, I really thought this was a BAP song. Like, I think the rapping was a little, like, basic for a BTS song and a, a little BAP-ish, right? Mm-hmm. It had that funky, kind of that's my jam era beat. It, it also sounded a lot simpler and a lot less interesting than bts songs usually do yeah and this is so bts kind of has i think two modes they have like the save me kind of not necessarily a ballad song but not as like i'm tough the slower yeah the slower ish songs the more meaning like emotional songs and they're kind of hype songs and this kind of falls on their hype song but it's dated it sounds very dated I think it's because of that 80s synth bass that you got. Yeah. And not only did it sound mm. kind of dated, mm. but I thought that the 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 dance was particularly lackluster for a BTS hype song. Mm. I think they relied a lot on having a crowd of ninjas in the back, like a backup dancers, mm-hmm. um, because I wasn't really that impressed with it. And I normally... Very impressed with BTS choreography, mm-hmm. but I I I thought it was kind of weak for them. Maybe we just don't know, right? We just don't know, you know. We're we're not, you know, the army here, you know. But like, <laughs> army here. I thought it was pretty kind of simple, and I thought that I don't know. I thought yeah. the video also was pretty simple. Pretty simple. Although it looked nice, like it really, and, and they spent a lot of money. Like there's they that scene where they're money. like. It's kind of like J Park's Aquaman where they're just like in a random place and they put this like thing on the floor that everyone's dancing on. Like J Park's was like in a desert and this one's like yeah. in this mountain rocky quarry kind of thing. And they put yeah. this giant circular see-through circle and they're all dancing on top of it. Um, I just didn't think the actual dance was that great. Yeah. 
I mean, just to be clear, Steven and I, we think BTS are great dancers. And if you look at them doing the choreography, they, they do look like good dancers. Steven and I are saying the choreography looks really bad. Or not really bad, but just, just too simple than for I, what I they can do. And yeah. we have seen them do. and Especially for a hype song, you know. Yeah. And when we were watching the music video, uh, like Steven said, they were relying a lot on the backup dancers. And a lot of the, the moves and the choreography kind of needed a lot of people. So we looked at a, a performance. And in the performance, when they're doing like a live performance, I mean, when they're doing it, there's a lot of people there. And I'm sure they're doing the same things, but it looked so crowded. Yeah, like they've tried to fit like small, thirty people on a stage. A small stage for yeah. seven people. Like it's it's great and all that you can do it for a music video and you have the means to do it, but yeah, I think it's really bad one performance wise and it's not very, not very in you know special. I think. Yeah. Well, you don't have the space. I mean, that is to say though that like I think the overall music video is still like way shot way better than most guy group videos are, yeah right? especially there's this one scene i think in the beginning where they're outside the building and they like zoom the camera angle inside i'm pretty sure that was done with a drone and whoever's driving that drone drove that tr- drone through a small ass window yeah it might be a drone or it could be a, one of those cranes yeah. but it like turns into a long take of uh, a trap monster like walking through this thing and mm-hmm. like it, it bts videos are always shot great a lot um, of money being spent uh, so I'm really appreciative of that. I just still think that this was like such a 2017 song. Like, eh. Good in comparison, <laughs> but... Maybe I'll think eh. differently, uh, you know, later on. But in my head, I honestly, like in my head, this will always be BAPs, not today. Like, I just cannot divorce myself from that feeling. Like, it really doesn't feel like a BTS song to me. Yeah. Um, 2017, eh? Yep. Yeah. Speaking of 2017, uh, in 2016, I asked you guys to leave us a lot more iTunes reviews mm-hmm. and iTunes ratings, and we've gotten a, a whole badonkadonk about of them. Uh, I wanted to get to 150 ratings by the, I think, end of March or something. Yeah. We're already in March, so we got maybe four weeks or three weeks to do it. We're at 133 right now in the American 17 store. more. We're so close. 17. Uh, but we want to highlight... Uh, reviews as we always do and we got one so we got a review from hello from america hello and he or she says even though i disagree with you two sometimes i still enjoy the podcasting hearing you both discuss it's so fun thank you that is i'm not trying to disparage your comment we really appreciate it but that is kind of the cliche um kind of comment that people leave us but even if it is cliche we want you to, to leave us comments let us know what you think give us some feedback uh, get all those BTS hate comments up in there. Hey, you know? Army here. You guys suck dicks. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> One star. Bye. That's fine. That counts. That counts. Uh, I mean, I would prefer not that, but yeah. you do you. Yeah. You do if you. you're gonna if you're gonna shit on us, at least tell us why you're pulling down your pants to shit on us. Yeah. I, I want to know why that stank is there. You know. Yeah. Usually, I mean, the common ones are too vulgar, swear too much, don't too like Goku biased, don't like Steven. don't like Steven again. Yeah. Really don't like Steven. And too perverted. Only of like girl groups. Because of Steven. Uh, and uh, don't like that guy with the glasses. Yeah. <laughs> okay, buddy. Steven. Moving on to our, which is the highlight section of 2017. Hey. 
We're moving on to big names. No games. This is where we talk about songs that are big names, but we didn't think were particularly great. Yes. Uh, I will say that the first song we're going to talk about is the best one by far, I think, yeah. of big name, no games. It almost knocked uh, BTS out of that sixth spot of our main section. It did almost. Right. Um, and this is by uh, Taeyeon. Mm-hmm. She came back with her song, Fine. It's a song about a breakup, I'm sure, or like steps leading to breakup. Baekhyun, maybe. Maybe about Baekhyun. Uh, probably Ooh, not, because we looked it up, and she doesn't write her own lyrics, and definitely doesn't write her own songs. So. Yeah. I mean, it, this song, what can we say about it? It's it's not great. It's not like a Starlight, an I, or a Y, which I think are really pretty good songs, actually, when I think about them now. I love Y. I mean, that was, it was like in number your top, five I mean, on top, it was top 10. top 10, right? Uh, this song is one very acousticky, and sometimes that's good, but it just didn't really have too much going on for me to really enjoy it too much. Yeah, this song, classic example of the verse is complete throwaway, boring as shit, nothing special at all. The chorus itself is okay. Like it, it's got it's something okay. going on. It's got yeah. something going on, but to get there, you got to sit through a lot of boring ass shit, and that's why I didn't pick it. And to be fair, the, even though the chorus is good, it's not worth wading through all of it just to hear the chorus. Like some songs for us, we're just like, man, this part is just so good. We're just going to skip until that part. Mm. And we like that song enough to talk about it or mention it. But this song... I, I shouldn't even say the chorus is good. I think the chorus is decent. The chord is fine. Well, the rest of the song is really not fine. The chorus is just fine. And if you average that out, that's yeah, not great. So... Sorry, Taeyeon. I mean, you say the bar incredibly high last year, right? You, you, I loved your shit last year. She's releasing um, a lot of songs, though, hey. She is releasing a lot of songs. Because, I mean, she released another one along with Fine, and that song is called I Got Love. You in the Close to me, you're 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 close to me
this song. It makes Steven laugh. Why does it make you laugh, Steven? Oh my gosh, this song. Um, <laughs> when we heard it, Steven had to pause the video and, and laugh for like 20, 30 seconds just to get all the giggles out. It, it's just, it honestly sounded like some YouTuber spliced in a joke chorus into the real it's song. It's like a meme. Yeah, like a sad trumpet meme. Um, so the the chorus of this song, you do you make the you emulate the song. Wait, uh. so okay, so <laughs> the problem is, so Stephen has like done band and stuff like that, but I haven't. So I I don't know what like someone who doesn't know how to play wind instrument, who doesn't know how to play bass brass instrument, like what it sounds like. But to me, it's just like, oh, we need a hook here. Here's a bassoon. Try to play it, Josh. I'm like, I've never held a bassoon in my life. And it's like, and like, that's gold. Record it. And that's what you get. Yeah, that's what you get. It, it just, it sounded like, it's just a sad, a wimpy, dying trumpet goose sound. It's, it's, what is it? What? What Why is it? Why did you do that? Like it's such uh like it, this is supposed to be especially you can see it in the music video supposed to be kind of a fierce kind of like a, a femme fatale yeah and you're like oh man Tan's like she's like she's a woman right she's ugh and it it just <laughs> it's just it's so wimpy it's I can't think of a better word than it's just it's so wimpy it takes you completely out of the song it's oddly short yeah because that's I guess the chorus yeah right. And uh, and it also suffers a problem of the verse is also just boring. It's completely generic. Nothing, in my opinion, going for it. Yeah, and this song is totally different than the other Taeyeon songs, right? And for a song like this to work, one, I think you need it to have a serious tone. And we cannot take this song seriously when you have this like weird-ass trumpet sound as your chorus. It's just... <laughs> It's so sad. It's just hilarious to me. It, it honestly just seems like a joke. Can't do a it. joke chorus. No. So while Taeyeon's fine was fine, I Got Love is 100% big name. No, no game. game. And that brings us to the biggest release of the episode. Right. Uh, we, of course, released a video where you can find on YouTube. I mentioned at the top of the podcast. It's called uh, Tentatively... K-pop and, and Korean, Korean food. food. Simple and inclusive. Yeah. Episode one, twice and beef ribs. We eat beef ribs and we talk about twice. Yes, we did. Uh, twice will, of course, release their new song, Knock Knock. Not many years. 
they released it, which I hate because it, they released it right after we recorded our last podcast. Which happens surprisingly often. Yes, which means that we don't get to talk about Twice until two weeks after. But it also gives us a lot of time to think about think about it twice. To let it marinate. And maybe you didn't watch that video, but I think you should watch that video. Um, Josh, what do you think about Twice's Knock Knock? So to kind of reiterate what we said in the video, this is a big disappointment. A very big disappointment. Huge. I can't do. Yeah. I, How do you huge, do that, Trump? Huge. 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 Huge disappointment. Um, and for a China. lot of different reasons. I think. <laughs> China. <laughs> I think I think our biggest kind of qualm with this song is that the quality is so lacking. Yeah. Like, of course, it sounds like a different song than their previous ones because the producer is different. The producer is a JYP in-house producer's name is actually pronounced Collapse Dome, not Collapse Drone, I think is what I said in the video. Mm-hmm. Um, but Collapse Dome. I'm sure you've never heard of him. It doesn't matter. Uh, he, yeah, he's made, like it previously made, his newest songs were some Day 6 songs, but he's been producing kind of uh, B-side songs for quite a long time. I, yeah. I didn't look up extensively because uh, he didn't have a Wikipedia. You have to like go through JYP's kind of janky site. Yeah. Um, he didn't have any like big hits that I guess in my head deserves to be used right. for the biggest cake, the biggest group probably in K-pop, biggest girl group for sure. Or at least in JYP. Although I, I think I can I think I can say right now that Twice is the biggest girl group right now. They may not be the most famous, but they're the biggest ones. Yeah. Nothing he's done war for me warrants why JYP would pick him. And when we heard this song, it was like, What why'd you pick him? <laughs> why'd you yeah. do why you do this? Yeah, so we had a lot of theories about why he did this, right? And uh, we also got some good theories on the Slack channel as well. But I think the main theory that you had, if I'm not mistaken, you might want to say this again, was that money is the issue. Right. It's like the the question of whether or not you should continue to spend big money on great producers, right? Like because he hired Black Eyed Pilsung. Black Eyed Pilsung won producer of the year last year. Uh, yeah, yeah. And he, I mean, he's been making gangbuster songs uh, since they started. And so his fee is probably ginormous, or their fee is probably ginormous by mm-hmm. now. Uh, also, uh, JYP has paid a lot of money on music videos. Like, all mm-hmm. their music videos have been great. Like, should he continue to spend that level of money on Twice now that they're so famous? And yeah. for me, the answer he obviously chose was, no, we're going to use an in-house producer. Right. We're going to make a video that is way, way, way cheaper and way less interesting and way less creative yeah. than all his other videos. And we're just going to throw that out there and see it, se- see it sell a million. And yeah. it did. And I really think that JYP like hedged his bets, you know, like worst case scenario, it'll still be gangbusters. Right. So yeah. why not take a chance on this producer? And if the song kind of gains traction, then, his kind of name will be in people's mouths for one. And it's a JYP in-house producer and you know, twice is gangbusters. So if it turns out really well and commercially, then great. If it's not like fucking gangbusters, like the other songs, it's still going to be pretty good. Yeah. I think uh, Makai makes a great point, right? And maybe Blue, yeah. and she says that it, it is okay. I think for him to do this once, 
right? Yes. You cannot make it a trend. But if you don't invest in higher quality stuff for the next song, that's just too fucking late. Like, that's just bad. That's just bad. I don't even know how to describe that. Like, that's just being, like, as Makai said, a cheap. Yeah, because I think that is the downfall of a lot of girl groups, actually, is they have a string of really good hits, and then they kind of change it up, and they either wait too long to kind of kick it back in a gear, right? Or once you lose your partnership with a person, you just can never get that feeling and that magic kind of back again. Arguably, I say boy groups do it just as much, but it's much more damaging for girl groups because the market is so saturated. For girl groups, I mean. Because for girl groups, like uh, having one like miss song could mean the death of the group. But for boy groups, I think you can have more than a miss song and you'll still kind of keep your, you right. know, your flags high. Yeah, I, I think it's a little different because boy groups usually don't do it like the girl groups where mm. they have three, you know, two or three or four songs from the same exact producer, mm. um, quite like girl groups do with like Brave Sound, Sound or Black Eyed Pills Song or right. um, Double Sidekick. Double Sidekick, right? Like I think guy groups usually ping pong way more. So mm-hmm. we're much more used to the idea of the quality of boy group songs going up and down, up and down, up and down. I can get behind that. Um, but girl groups, at least the the more popular ones, usually have a string with the same producer. Um, unless you're like uh, SM, and SM always just uses like random European people to Yeah, because to SM has to do their tons. Yeah, yeah, there's tons of producers like that they want to use. Yeah. But that's to say, I, I do want to go back to the actual music video. Okay. And, and the actual song. Okay. Um, is there... Can you elaborate on why you don't like this song? So here's my theory. I think this song was pushed back way late. I think this song was supposed to be released around Christmas time, around December, because this song has a lot of ties uh, thematically with TT. Um, they're looking at that fairy book and like scenes from TT, and they were rumored to have some Christmas song or something around that time, and it never came out. Yep. And I think that this song was initially intended to be a b-side for tt and it sounds exactly like a b-side for tt Mm -hmm. and like we said earlier the quality is not good because i don't think they were going to promote it as a main song so the song itself is very bland it it kind of just runs at this this low pace throughout the whole song there's nothing really to kind of hang your hat on that's really really catchy the dance is really really lacking the music video is also like bad quality they use like the stop motion like poor frame rate. The dance is not very visible. The dance doesn't really have a point as well. Like I can go on and on about the negative points and it's it just summed up just the quality is not good. Right. And, the, and, and don't underestimate the dance point part because all three Twice songs have incredible infectious choreography, right? Like every one of those three, okay, like who are, maybe less, but Cheer Up and TT have right now iconic choreography associated with them. You sing the hook for those songs, you see how many people dance to it. Right. And JYP, I mean, they got the one million girl, right? I, I forget her name, to do those. And I if that same girl choreo- choreographed this stuff, I it would blow my fucking mind. Like this it, is not, I don't think so. No. Like I think he cut all the corners. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like not only did mm. 
they go cheap, quote unquote, with an in-house, not proven exactly producer. They went with a not great choreographer also and a not great music director also. And it, that all makes sense, though. That yeah. all makes sense if it was a B-side song. It makes all sense. But maybe they... I don't know why. I don't know why. Maybe they were like, man, that IOI, we can't put out another... You know, I don't know what it would be. Like, maybe... Um, Blackpink also were putting out bangers and they were just like, oh, it's a little too overcrowded right now with banging girl songs. Let's push it back to a time where usually not that many groups come out with stuff, right? Um, so they pushed it until now. And so it might be a, yeah. a misnomer in our heads to to think it's a title song, but I mean, that's JYP's fault. I mean, yeah. That, or whoever the higher ups of their marketing department's fault, right? Like it's, so, it's someone's fault in the company, like who's pulling the shots, you know? Yeah. I, at least according to us. I mean, I mean, I know there's plenty of people that yeah. really enjoy this song and probably think it's worthy of a title song and don't see any of those qualms. But like for us, like everything about this song screamed D tier. Yeah. Like we're not market insiders, but yo, shit is fishy as fuck. Right. And so in our video, we talked about the question on whether or not you or I would make the same decision. Right. Would we save a couple bucks uh, because we know people are going to, you know, download and watch and mm-hmm. any song that we put out? Like we make the joke all the time that like if EXO released a song where there's just farting it, farting into the track, like it would still sell a million, you know, like a Taeyeon I got love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But see, I'm I actually sorry, I don't Taeyeon. think I, I got Taeyeon. love charted well at all. Fine, no. I think charted way fine, higher than Fine is still killing the charts right now. Right. Um, and uh, I mean, Knock Knock is killing, is, I wouldn't say killing the charts, but it's, I mean, it's high up there. Well. It's high up there. It's They're doing, doing very well. well. It, it's much like, I would say, right, like a lot of sequels to movies do very well based on how good the original is, right? It's really, really, we, we're not going to see the effects of how, quote unquote, not good Knock Knock is until the next song. Because if the next song is not great, I I really do think the charting will take a big hit. Yeah, and it's strange. I mean, it's all very eyebrow-raising that he's released this song where arguably the the next kind of biggest rival that they have, Red Velvet, after they've released their song. Like, the release timings are very, very close. But why would you put in this, like, you know, one-armed gimp, you know, to to fight like a, I mean, Red Velvet song isn't necessarily prize fighter, but you know what I mean? Like, but f- for all intents and purposes, they JYP should have assumed Rookie Rookie was going to be a great, a great song. song. Right. It wasn't, it, well, but yeah. they should have assumed that. Well, that's also part of the problem. I think I brought it up in a podcast a long time ago, which is, you know, it might make for a good episode two of our conversation mm-hmm. of like, would the K-pop industry be better if releases were publicly planned out like movie releases? Because for mm. movie releases, there's a lot of marketing and research in when to release movies because you know when other people are releasing their like shit. Like summer blockbusters. Right. Like summer always has action movies, things like that. And I mean, they know months and months ahead of time when their competition will release their stuff. And to a degree, K-pop is like that, right? Like during it's the winter, like that. during the winter times, it's all ballads and and such, right? Right, but, but I, I mean, you're talking about genres. I'm not talking about genres. You're I'm talking just about talking pop about music. No, 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 no. I'm talking about if your 
Marvel, you know exactly when uh, DC is releasing their movies or vice versa. Fair. It, nothing genre specific. It's just if you're twice, or if you're JYP in this world, you know exactly on September 7th, Red Velvet's coming out. On December 9th, uh, blah, blah, blah's coming out. On August 1st, blah, blah, blah's coming out. Like, so you can plan your releases based on other people's releases. But that does not happen in K-pop. In K-pop, the announcements are always very Korean, which is very last minute. And they're like very flexible and subject to change. And here's why I actually think that is. I think not even compared to to like the movie industry, but K-pop girl groups are just so oversaturated that nobody wants to be the person to like set that standard. You know, like... If you give information about when your release is going to be like in advance, like that gives other companies who are your direct rivals, right? You know, like imagine if there were maybe like 20 kind of different production groups who are doing superhero movies, right? Like maybe it is beneficial to kind of be so hush hush and like mum about your release dates because, you know, maybe market wise it makes sense. But why would that ever make sense? Because if, if the market is already kind of that way, if you were the if you were the person to kind of give information, is isn't that necessarily not a good thing? It depends if you're coming from the perspective of of a small group or coming from a big group. But I, I think overall it it is to everyone's benefit to plan the year round calendar. Um, in public and in open because like you're saying like there's a strategic um, there may be a strategic benefit for not telling anybody when your stuff is released but that only works if you're one of the biggest groups and I still think it hurts the K-pop industry if for example uh, like monetarily if there are two big songs at one at one time. Like I think there is less sponsorship deals. It, like if if TT and very 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 came out at the same time, right? And there are five uh, sponsorships up for grabs Which the next did, month, essentially, yeah. right? Like it. I in my head, it would be better if one group did it here and one group one group did it three months from now. Everything yeah. was spaced out, and all the dollars are kind of spaced. Yeah, out. I'm not arguing that as a whole for the K-pop industry, it would be better, right? Because there's a certain limit to the amount of fans, right, in K-pop. I mean, it is growing, but it doesn't grow so exponentially like, you know, Gangnam Style fucking exploded, right? So there's only so much salience and kind of things that you can capture. But if you're looking at it, I guess, from a more kind of game theory prisoner's dilemma-like point of view, inform- information is like gold. You know, sure. It's like no. It's like nobody wants to be no, the first person yeah. to no share one, the information. It'll be benefit. It'll be benefit for us all in the long run. But right now, sure. You're right. Sure. I. I. You know. I don't want to necessarily. But I mean, that's why my hypothetical is just. Would Would it be if, better right. if everybody could agree to that? And I think we're both saying it would be better. You just don't think, and I agree. Like. It ain't ever going to happen because nobody wants to be that first person uh, to do that. I think in the long run, it would be good. But short run wise, I don't think it's a good idea to 
be the first person to give your information out there. It's also impossible because, I mean, mm. we live in Korea. Koreans do not pre-plan anything. What, like, for example. So off the cuff. Some stupid, like, movie times, right? Movies, as we just said, you in America, you know, you can buy tickets like six months in advance because not only do they know, the movie theater knows exactly when they're going to uh, show movies six months in advance, you can buy them online, right? In Korea, I cannot buy tickets for more than, at least in our city, you can't buy tickets for more than three or four days in advance yeah. because the movie theaters just don't know. I was going to say two days, but maybe oh, yeah. three or four days. They just don't know what they're going to be showing past those three, four days. And it's like, what? You know, uh, all sorts of things like uh, every scheduling thing at work is incredibly last minute. Um, right. Uh, you, as you know, as long term as YG fans, maybe you know how how bad they are hitting uh, certain oh, benchmarks. Oh, you know. Um, like so, I know it will never, ever, ever happen. Right. But I, I still think the overall K-pop industry would be so much better. And, and I wish if I could make a 2017 wish is that they all work together, much like our IOI after show discussion. Um, yeah. I think we have been advocates for that a really long time about companies collabing more instead of viewing each other as like a closed market kind of rivals. If they did more to kind of promote K-pop in general, like mm. you could reach so much more gains, you know? Yeah. Uh, and this is not necessarily a Korean thing, but it happens in Korea a lot, which is mm. like, you know, Korea loves trends right we're the, we're very trendy here right. right um and so that uh it's like for example um you know in america people make jokes all the time they're like there's a starbucks on every corner right um but there's literally a starbucks on every corner right uh but but in korea it's not there's one starbucks on every corner there's seven coffee places in one corner and it's like wouldn't it be better business-wise to not put seven coffee places right next to each other? Yeah. Um, or or seven like recently Korea's now been obsessed with those uh machine claw machines where you get um stuffed animals, right? And like three months ago there was one, right? And two months ago now there are two in a in a five minute radius. Yeah. And in three months there's gonna be seven and then because there's so many, five of them are going to go out of business. Yeah. Right. So I actually studied like something like this in school. Um, it's called like location economics. And it's this theory that in one kind of area, right, there's a certain kind of dense density, right, mm -hmm. of kind of interest. And say you have like a McDonald's and a Burger King, right, which are direct rivals, like, you know. Hamburger, hamburger. Like compliments and, and stuff like that. But uh, so people who want burgers live in this like square, we'll say like one mile by one mile, right? And if you put yours like out way on the edge, then you don't capture enough density from the location to kind of get that revenue, right? So you want to put it at like the spot where it's most dense, right? But if you're a second competitor and trying to come in, you don't want to be putting on an edge because you're going to only draw a little bit of the interest away from the other one. You want to put it right smack dab. But the problem with Korea is that it's not just like a McDonald's, Wendy's, uh, Burger King, and a Carl's Jr. It's like 20 different restaurants. 
And they're all fundamentally the same. The same. Like McDonald's is actually different enough from uh, yeah. Burger King and all sorts of things. But like, like a stupid example is like cell phone, um, cell phone stores. Stores, yeah. Like Korea has, you can stand on one corner, look at five different cell phone uh, uh, stores, and there's only three companies, right? So like, uh, near my uh, old apartment. You can stand at an SKT store and you can look directly at another SKT store, and it's like, you're your you're your own fucking company. Like, why are you doing this? And I think that mindset just bleeds into everything, right? Like, yeah, uh, it's kind of it's kind of selfish in a way when you think about right, it, right? But everybody wants a piece of that pie because economically, fiscally, it makes sense if you are promoting this product, but Everything is just so saturated. Yeah, yeah. They kind of get up on, you know, get up in themselves. Yeah. And, and that's what I kind of make this argument that K, the K-pop market is so saturated. But if you expand the market, then you ha- have greater interest. But yeah, nobody but wants to put in the effort to expand the market, right? They, they're too, like, you know, big fish, small pond kind of a deal. I was going to say, even if they expanded it, just more... They're gonna shove more fish in there, and it's gonna be the same yeah. density problem. Yeah, because everybody, everybody's trying to come up in the K-pop industry. Yeah, everyone's just knock, knock, knocking on their door. So it's just, I think then it will never work because you know Korea is inherently competitive. Yeah, kind of short-term competitive. Like I, I really mm-hmm. feel like not a lot of long-term planning seems to happen here. I hope that doesn't sound super ignorant, but I mean, we we have from everything experience. Yeah, that we've experienced both living in Korea, uh, even in like a school. It's just yeah, long term planning is not not the thing. Here. It's not like we've been here for like a couple months. Stephen and I have been here almost four years. Come this August, so and I've talked to plenty of you know Korean people, and and they both they feel all the same think way. The same thing. Yeah, a lot of people feel the same way. Anyways, that's your annual. Um, Big name, no game, slash economics lesson. And a little bit of sprinkling of analysis of the K-pop market. Yeah. Uh, I think that was uh, quite an interesting episode. Hmm. I uh, Who would have thought in this world I like a Goo Goo Don song more than a Twice song? That, is, that is 2K17 for you, baby. But I also like that Goo Goo Don song more than the Red Velvet song. That is, yep, Goo Goo Don right now ahead of Red Velvet. And if I had to compare Red Velvet and Twice, I don't know which poison I would rather have. But I would rather have Knock Knock. I, I think I Knock Knock know. is overall a blander experience, but it's not an offensive experience. And looky, looky, that's yeah. a little offensive to my yeah, ears. Yeah, like. I mean, I've used I used this kind of uh, imagery uh, in our other video that we talked about, but uh, they did not. No one's heard that because I was cut yeah. out, Josh. I cut that out. Oh well, then I'm gonna say it here. <laughs> but twice is just like low quality meat. But this song, not in general. Uh, twice, mm-hmm. yeah. Twice is knock knock is just low quality meat, and red velvets is like really funky dish that just doesn't work. Right, like a fancy kind of restaurant. They try to add what at least like pineapple and some fancy sauce, and it just it's doesn't. Like, no, so, it's not. Yeah, not but they at least day. tried, right? You're yeah. saying Red Velvet at least tried, and Twice was just like, I ain't got. Let me just pay for you know whatever. Let's in the make back. what's fiscally 
you know, cheapest. These people come for the buffet. Like we're not, they're not coming for a signature dish. Right, right. Um, all right. Well, that's it for episode one hundred and nine. Um, our team synergy wasn't necessarily on point this episode. It was before though. But yeah. maybe in one ten, it'll be better. So we'll see you guys in two weeks, as always. Oh no, we'll see you guys next week for after show, which hey. we don't have a plan for right now. So right. it might finally be the top ten brave sound songs. Hey, we kind of pushed hey, that back. Yeah, Give me those G-mans. Hey. Brave sound. Drop it. So we'll see you guys next time. Bye.